Chris Weir fan. Join the journey. This is Chris Weir, and I'm here with Gene Moore again today. Thank you for joining me on the journey. Oh, you bet, Chris. Today, we'll be talking about picking a product to sell. Once again, our objective is to help you understand what the questions are, as the answers are often different for everyone. So what we're trying to figure out today is if you're entering into a field, in this case, and most often our program leans towards insurance, we're talking about if you are becoming an insurance agent, how do you decide what product to sell? We've broken this into four categories. So I'm just going to jump right in with the first one, and that's the sales cycle. Well, that's the big one for me. How long does it take from the minute you start speaking to a prospect to actually get a sale? Well, in the sales cycle, as an example, if you're an agent selling an annuity product, you're probably going to have to call on that same customer three, four, five times. It may take a few months to close the sale. And for me, because I'm not as organized as a human, that's not where my superpower lies, for me, it's harder to keep up with something like that, following up with the same person multiple times. And that, that again, you're talking about the sales cycle. Uh, for me, if I were selling a, a final expense product, uh, a Medicare or a Medicare supplement, those are typically one or two call closes. So for, for my personality... I would do better on something that has a shorter sales cycle than a longer sales cycle. I agree. I'm the same way. I don't think I could work on something for months. And And a bigger ticket item will generally take longer to sell. And so, so yeah, that is sort of question number one, is what makes the most sense for me in the sales cycle? So for somebody new coming into this, there's, there's question number one. What does your sales cycle look like? Are you willing to make multiple connections, contacts with somebody before that sale occurs. And for a lot of people, that's yes. Just for me, it's it's no. Gene, what's the second one on the list there? Commission structure and residual income. Okay, well, that's huge because what we're talking about there is, uh, again, if it's an annuity, you're chasing a bigger sale. And for a lot of people, chasing a high net worth customer is is where they want to be. I would say a lot of people would rather sell to a high net worth person. The annuity product pays off in one lump sum, and there's no renewal. There's no residual income. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a question you have to ask yourself. In the, in the Medicare world, shorter sales cycle and renewals. So you're building a client base. Obviously, you're always building a client base. But in the Medicare world, you're building a client base. You're building renewals. And the commission on the front end is less important than it is on the annuity. So you're making more Medicare sales more often. The annuity sale, being the longer sales cycle, comes with a bigger commission, but no, re- no renewal. So again, that's the question you're asking yourself. Are we really building renewals or are we out you know, looking for those bigger sales? Where, where, would you, where would you sit? The quick answer for me is that I would rather have the residual. I'd rather have a customer base. I'd rather have a, a residual far out into the future with a smaller upfront commission. And that's my easy answer. Sure. I think, uh, uh, I think an agent that's been doing this for a long time would think this is silly because you would want both. But we're talking about somebody that's newer. 
We're not talking about an agent that's been doing this for a multitude of years and already has a client base. We're talking about from scratch. Of course, you'd love to have a, a mixture of both, but starting out, because I naturally like people, uh, it's easy for me to talk to people. I'd rather make more sales in, the, in a renewal-based environment uh, in the beginning, and I'm not afraid of providing a high level of service. And that's what comes with, with, you know, with the Medicare and the, and the health insurance component is, is more service and maintenance for each customer than there would be with the annuity. There is service with the annuity. It's just much smaller, less, less frequent. So what is the next one on our list? Maintenance. Uh, it's maintenance. Okay, so I already kind of touched on that. Yeah, the annuity, once you make the sale, you're, you're pretty much done. The life insurance, you're, you're done. Hopefully you're going to meet those people every year, follow up, see what's changed in their life. But from a maintenance standpoint, once you make the sale, you kind of move on to the next one. It, it sounds like I would prefer the residual income with the low maintenance. <laughs> you want is that an option? Let me go through the products and figure out which one is right for me. Well, I'll bet you there's a lot of agents that do that. Unfortunately, it doesn't end up with good retention, right? No. You start to lose your, you know, if you're not providing the service, then you're, you're going to have agents coming in and taking some of your clients away. So... Yes, it would be nice to have the best of both worlds. But maintenance is part of the of the health insurance world. Whether you're talking about seniors or underage health insurance, there's there's more maintenance involved, certainly. All right, what about getting into the industry? The ease of entry. You know, if I'm if I'm hearing from if if I'm being introduced to the insurance world by somebody who knows the annuity market, they're probably gonna. That's probably gonna be the easiest point of entry. But if I'm being introduced to it by somebody who is knowledgeable about Medicare or final expense, then that's probably gonna be the easiest avenue of entry. You know, it's sort of like whoever's who, whoever has invited you into this industry. Aren't you? To say a victim is the wrong word, but aren't you governed by their knowledge? Right, somewhat, and plus they'd be like a mentor. Yes. Helping you uh, navigate the ins and outs. You didn't see that answer coming, did you? Uh, no. I held, it's, that uh, I held that back. Well. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to give you everything. I've held, I've held nothing back, but then that's, that's who I, <laughs> that's who I am. Well, that's who I am. I just let it all go. I just let it all go. So, well, ease of entry into the industry Sure, who you know and who's who's bringing you in is important. What about sustaining uh, a lifestyle, or or what's what's going to help you make money the fastest? Is that a good way to put it? Yeah, it's important. I mean, because if you're if you can't make enough money in the first year, you you know you're not gonna you're not gonna make it. You know. So again, I, gosh, I think you do. You have to lean on the, whoever it is that brought you into the business for as your, as your, as your guide. Um, if you're going to break free of that, I, I think most people would say that um, that the Medicare world is the shortest entry uh, in terms of finding a prospect and a product that essentially everyone past 65. If they're not still working, everyone past sixty-five, if they're not still working, is a is a candidate for the Medicare. Um, 
that's that's low income for Medicare Advantage, middle income, uh, MedSup, or even the higher income. So I think the, the prospects are more abundant when you're talking about a Medicare product to include dental and cancer and, you know, the Med Advantage and the indemnity add-ons, all of that stuff. So the shortest entry and the easiest way in terms of marketing, I think, would would have to be Medicare. But if you don't happen to be brought into the business by somebody who is doing that, then that becomes you. Then you start looking for a different mentor, and uh, choosing a mentor in the Medicare world or choosing a broker. Well, I would have to tell you that's a different episode. <laughs> that's not that's not for this episode. But for me, how are you going to choose a product to sell? The the questions are, you know, what's going to be the easiest entry point for you based on maybe who brought you in? What is your personal sales cycle? I mean, can you keep organized enough to call on somebody five or six times before you close a sale? Whether it's an annuity, leaving the insurance market, you might be a realtor. You know, the bigger sales just take a longer sales cycle. They take longer to close. So what's your personality? What makes the most sense for you? And then the other question is, are you looking to build a client base built on renewals and service? Or are you looking to work more potentially with the high net worth group and you know you're only going to make a few sales a year and that matches your personality and the commissions are higher and you don't have the service component? Those are the questions you should be asking yourself when you're trying to decide what product to sell. That's it. Are you amazed? Yes. Well, Chris, I uh, I got some listener mail, and I just wanted to read one of these for you. Uh, hey, guys, I've been listening to your podcast for some time now and really enjoying it. Gene is a wealth of knowledge and brings many refreshing perspectives to the show. Chris, you are good, too. Sincerely, Anonymous. Anonymous? You wrote that. I'm quite sure I did not. Anyway, was that, was that Liz? keep. I want you to. Your wife send you that. Guys, keep sending us uh, all of all of your mail, uh, all of the fan mail. Please keep sending in your compliments as well as your suggestions on how Chris can improve. <laughs> uh, very good. So thank you everybody. Thank you for joining the journey today. There's uh, one more set of questions you have to ask yourself as you head down the journey. Remember. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Thank you.